Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today about God is really the source of generosity. He's the source and he's the genius behind our giving. But before I do, I want to give you sermon one. We see that uh, events happening on the global stage. Our world has the same circumference as it did thousands of years ago, but with technology, with global banking, with our dependence upon other countries. You understand that, right? And our interconnectedness. The world is smaller than it's ever been. Uh, You could say what happens across the ocean, across the pond, uh, in another part of the continent doesn't matter to you, or another part of the globe doesn't matter to you. It all matters to us. We are now very interconnected. And the wear and tear of war, the heart cries of Ukrainian people, uh, as I said as we started this morning, the Russian people crying out in the streets, don't do what you're doing. Uh, We have uh, news from our Russian Foursquare leader. We have news from our Ukrainian Foursquare leader, and the church is there that's imploring us to intercede, as Pastor John led us this morning, to intercede on their behalf. But there was a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. He called himself a soldier of the cross. And you could argue that he was a prisoner of war. I mean, he went out and preached the gospel, and he was beaten up. He was left for dead. He was caned. He was flogged. He was abused. He was punished. And there was also this this bounty on his head. He was on his way to being executed, which eventually happened. But in the process, people were saying, let's kill him, let's kill him, let's kill him. And and, and he shares some words with us. But if you're a note taker, you want to write this down, that even in difficult days, God is always at work. I thought the worship songs this morning were like perfect. This God of grace, this God of mercy, the God who does miracles, the God who still speaks, the God who heals And the God who's our way maker. I'm so glad they put those three songs together. I just thought, wow, it resonated with my soul because I've been praying for people who are going through, and I'm going to use the Latin words, excuse me. They're going through hell and high water. They're going through dark days. But even in all of that, God is still at work. Now, somebody said to me, is God causing all this to happen? Well, God rarely causes bad things to happen. I mean, no bad thing comes from God. Only good things come from God. But God always works out his purpose and his plan. You see, God has no problems. You got any problems? God doesn't have any problems. He just has plans. He has no problems. He just has purposes. And so I love what, what Paul says in Philippians 1.18 What does it matter? Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Even preachers were saying bad things about the Apostle Paul. Even other believers were saying bad things about the Apostle Paul. And he says, you know, it doesn't matter what they say about me. It doesn't matter. The whispers behind the back. What matters is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. And Paul had this belief that God was at work, even when he was being in prison, even when there would be what you might think is a depletion of his life and his faith and his heart and his soul. He said, oh, no, 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 my God fills me up. 
Remember, this is the Apostle Paul who said, whether I have a little or a lot, I've learned to be content. <laughs> and then he also said what? Uh, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. My, my life is not predicated on you or on headlines or on CNN or Fox or NPR. My, my life is predicated on the faithfulness of God. The second thing that uh, he alerts us with is that difficult days put a greater premium on unity. When the world is falling apart, the church needs to be more united. When the world is falling apart, we need to embrace God together. We need to pray like we did this morning to, together because unity is always a desired trait of the body of Christ. It's not time for faction and fraction. It's not time to you know, wage uh, some kind of war on politics. It's a time for the body of Christ to rise up and pray and believe and be unified together. Where do I get that? Philippians 1, 27 and 28. The only thing that matters is that you continue to live as good citizens in a manner worthy of the gospel of the Messiah, that you are standing what? Firm in yeah, struggling with one mind for the faith of the gospel and that you are not <laughs> intimidated by your opponents in any way. So whether it's someone who's coming against you or whether it's the devil himself, don't you dare be intimidated. What we need to do is stand firm and stand strong. Be united because God is with us and God is greater than any challenge personally or in your family. God is greater than anything that you face. So there's sermon one. I did pretty good. Now we're on to sermon two. And according to Pastor John, I have six more to go. So if you have a Bible, you want to open to First uh, Chronicles 29. Uh, if you want to read really, really, really fine print, you can grab the Bible and chair back in front of you. It's so small, I don't even use it anymore. Uh, yeah, I have a big letter edition. I'm so grateful for that because I'm getting older. You didn't know that, did you? I feel like I want to declare the words of the psalmist who said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. God has provided for us. God has provided for this church. God will provide for you. And that's why Jesus could say to us in Matthew 6, 34, and would you read this with your loudest? This is a second sermon voice right here. Do not about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So don't you dare add to tomorrow's trouble. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but pastor, I'm worrying. Stop it. Well, but you don't know what I'm worrying about. I, I, it doesn't matter. The, Jesus himself said, do not worry. It's a command for you and for me. Here's the secret. God has tomorrow under control. Come on, this side. God has tomorrow under control. Are you okay with that? How about here? God has tomorrow under control. Good. God has tomorrow under control. And he has your tomorrows under control. Man, I feel so good about that. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God speaks. And here's what he says, Jeremiah 23. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Do I not fill what? Heaven and earth, declares the Lord. And through the psalmist, he says, Psalm 147, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the, and binds up there. Yeah, he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. 
His understanding has no limit. Ever say, I don't understand? Well, guess who understands everything? God, without limit, without border, without boundary. He heals broken heart. He binds up wounds. And so what the psalmist wants us to see is how great this God really is. And then Paul, the one that we started with, Ephesians chapter 2, but because of his great love for us, wow, God who is what? Rich in mercy made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. I could read another 90 to 100 verses just like that of the greatness and the goodness of God. And that's what I want you to see this morning, that all of God's generosity starts in his heart and that all of God's ability to provide for us starts in the fact that he is powerful and mighty. I would like to jokingly tell you that the angels called me this morning, not the LA ones, but the real ones up there. And they said these words, we have a supply problem. Really? We know about supply chain problems. No, no, no. We have a supply problem. There's so much stuff in heaven. Our warehouses are so full. So few people are asking. James says, you have not because you ask not. So God wants to bless us according to his riches in glory, not out of his riches, because out of would mean depletion, but according to his riches. Somebody said, well, that God's giving the interest on the principle to us. No, he's not giving the interest either. It's compounding. What God is doing is because his warehouses are full, he's able to give to us without depleting anything at all. He's a generous giver. So I want you to go to 1 Chronicles 29. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. It says, then King David said to the whole assembly, with all my resources... I provided for the temple of God. So they're building this temple. God has this long list of requirements, things that go in the temple. All the onyx and the stone and the turquoise and the gold and the silver and on and on and on. And he says, besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold, silver to the temple of my God over and above everything I provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold. That's out of David's pocket. And 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the building for the gold work and the silver work and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. And then catch this question. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? Now, he's asking the people, who's, who's willing to help build a temple? I am so glad that Pastor John talked to you about tithing last week. And I listened to the sermon twice, and I heard some of you in the background, because we have mics in the room. I could hear you, hey, yeah, you were cheering about tithing. Yay. That was so cool. And I had a good report. People outside were talking about tithing. Good. And guess what? Normally, the tithers cheer about tithing. And I'm so glad he, he did that. He asked me, is it okay if I talk about tithing? I said, sure, go for it, man. I'm kind of glad he did. Where? does our resources come from? They come from a great God. And here's this question. Who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord? The word consecrate in the Hebrew has two things going for it. The heart and the hands. The heart and the hands. The heart and the hands. Remember that. It's going to be important. The question is, am I being used by God? Because God wants to use every one of us. Actually, if you go to the book of Acts, we'll show it on the screen, chapter 2, verse 17, the prophet Joel is quoted. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And listen, I don't want any person here or online to miss on the pouring out of God's spirit on your life. He wants to pour out his spirit, miracles, words, visions, dreams, resources, encouragement, because that's who he is. So you can encourage others. So you have the ministry of reconciliation and comfort. And the list goes on and on of what God wants to do in and through your life. So back in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 6 through 9, he says, The leaders of families, the officers, the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave, gave willingly, man. They gave toward the work of the temple of God. And any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. I can tell you, you're in a church where our church council, and some churches they would be called a board, are people who give willingly and generously. I can tell you that myself, my wife Debbie, and our entire staff, we give willingly and generously. So we're leading the charge just like these leaders were doing here in this scripture with all of our hearts and all of our generosity. And then down in verse 10 to 14, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, O Lord, God, our father of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. I want you to catch us about the greatness of God. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is Hey, you want to know about the process and the pathway to success? You want to know about the process and the pathway to financial security? You want to know about the blessings of God flowing to you? Then you stay closely connected to the one who owns it all. Everything in heaven and everything in earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. And you are the ruler of all things. And notice this next line, in your hands. Remember I said earlier, consecration was heart and hands. Well, this word ties to that word consecration. Lord, you've consecrated everything that is in your hands. And from your heart, you've chosen to be generous. The genius of generosity starts in the heart and the mind of our God who owns everything and has everything in his hand. Everything is under the authority of God, and he rules over all. So with all that's going on in our world, I want to remind you today that our God is not perplexed, that our God is not scratching his head, and as I said earlier, he has no problems, only plans, he has no problems, only purposes. In his hand, he's consecrated himself to bless us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to give us salvation that we could never deserve. All that is good comes from God. Where do you get that? Well, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. You want to know where you stand when you want good, when you want right, when you want the best to come into your life, you stand in the presence of God. You stand in the presence of God, the Father. You ask in the name of Jesus. See, God has everything you and I will ever need, and he's a generous giver. It's so good to know who he is. 
Now, 1 Chronicles 29, 14. Hang in there. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So many of you know this. You're in a, you're in a church that's very generous. We would never ask you to tithe if we don't tithe. So we, we give 10% of our income back to our Foursquare denomination to do all that they do. Uh, we support several missionaries, and we give about 3% of our budget to Foursquare missions. Uh, I was privileged yesterday to do the invocation for Village Hills Little League, and, and we sponsored teams up there. A few years ago, we bought their scoreboard for the majors field, much like we bought the scoreboard down here at JM Park because they no longer worked. We thought kids needed to see their score. Pretty cool. So on any given year, regardless of, of our income, we're, we're giving away between 25 and 35% of our income. How you doing? Yeah, we support local ministries. Uh, I think of uh, my commission that has services on Sunday night. I think of the pregnancy center. I think of the high schools. I think of supporting and loving on our police and firemen. This last year, we loved on our hospital workers. The list is long, but I'm honored that we have a church council and a leadership team that says, let's go for it. We're scholarshipping young people who are starting out in college to prepare for ministry. We've helped with some churches that are brand new plants. One most recent down in uh, Camarillo to help start this church called Canvas Church. Brand new church. I mean, brand new. It's a month old. They're having dinners and getting to know their neighbors. And so we're helping them. Another church called Renew Life Church out in Antelope Valley. Uh, we're supporting New Hope Christian College, Life Pacific University. I would bore you with all the lists. If you ever want to know more, just send us an email to the office. We'll send you the list. But it's cool. Why? Because it's your tithe dollars at work. It's the seed that you give. We, we could eat all that seed, but rather we want to plant it in good soil to, to make a difference. Why? Because all that we give comes from the hand of God. Uh, can you put that verse back up? First Chronicles 29, 14 again. Thank you. Thank you. All that we have given you comes from your hand. Your hand. Now, if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me talk about regifting, but I want to do it again. Please indulge me because there's some new people here and new people watching online. Has anyone ever regifted? Come on. You got a gift for birthday, you got a gift for Christmas, Valentine's Day, and you has anyone ever made the mistake of regifting to the person who gave you the gift in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Woo, what a mistake. Yeah. It's really bad when they, they use the same wrapping paper. They tape it up. And then they say something like, I worked really hard to find this for you. I hope you like it. Yeah, I gave it to you a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. And can, I, can I tell you this? David is saying, who am I and who are these people that we should give as generously as this? And everything we give came from your hand. So God gives us a hundred. We give him back 10, we keep the 90, and he goes, yay. Does he have a problem? Does he need counseling? No. But God gets thrilled when we trust him. 
Whether it's our time that we give to the Lord, our, our talents that we give to the Lord, our gifts, or whether it's our finances, our treasures that we give to the Lord. And God gets excited when his kids come and give him back what he gave to us in the first place. Don't try that. Guys, don't try that. If you're married, don't try that with your wife. She gives you a hundred of something, like a sweater, and you just cut off the, the bottom of the sleeves. It's 10%, dear. You should be happy. God's happy with that. <laughs> or it's, it's, it's a few minutes of my time, I mean, after all. But God is thrilled when we get back to him. When we tithe, when we give of our talents, when we give of our treasures, God is actually thrilled. Now, I want to give you a statement, and I hope you get this. Here's the lesson. Provisionally, I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life at this moment. Catch that. Well, I, 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 I'll start serving when I have more time. I'll start telling people about Jesus when I know more Bible. I'll, I'll, I'll consider serving with our kids' ministries when, when, when I'm not afraid of kids any longer. Can I just tell you this? When will never come. So let me let you in on a secret because we're family, right? I, 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 I get this call from my, my dear friend, Wayne Cadero, and he says, would you, would you come and speak to the church? And I was a little nervous. First of all, I don't like to travel that much. And it's two flights, Santa Barbara, San Fran, San Fran, Eugene. And every time I go to San Fran, the plane is delayed. Anybody ever have that experience? Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. It was only delayed one hour and 45 minutes coming in from Denver. And then the other plane had uh, cockpit problems. They, were, they needed a part. And they would let us know when the captain gave us two thumbs up that we could fly. The captain? Okay. <laughs> He's highly trained in all things technical, I guess. I, I, I don't know much about aviation. I just know that when I sit down in a seat, I'm trusting everybody who built it and maintains it and the people flying it, right? I mean, you're along for the ride. And I was a little nervous. When I got there, speaking to college students, I got to speak to four young people that are seniors that are going to be going to get their master's degree, and in two years from now, they're going to plant churches. I got to sit and talk to them. And as I'm talking, I'm just going, man, now I know why I'm here. Huh? Sometimes you, you, you don't know why you're somewhere or why God opened the door until you actually step through it, and then you realize that he's with you, and then you see the miracle of what he does in your midst, but we have to trust him. So here's some truths to live by. I know you're looking at the notes going, he's never going to get us out in the next eight minutes, but I'm going to. God's power is for me. That's his ability to give, his power. Again, 1 Chronicles 29, 12, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power. Anybody need some strength? Anybody need, need, need a little bit empowerment? Huh? Guess where they are? In his hand. Again, get near to God because he has everything that you need. I love what Jeremiah said, uh, Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your Great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Yeah, but Pastor B, you don't know my problem. You don't know the power of my God. 
Yeah, but it, our marriages is, uh, you know, our kids have gone sideways. We got, oh, we've got a fracture between me and our, my second cousin and I. We can't get Hey, God, I'm going to lean into your power and your strength. I'm going to stop worrying, right? Don't worry about tomorrow. I'm going to start believing that you're the God of comfort. You're the God of grace. You're the God of reconciliation. And you do think you're the way maker, light in the darkness. And it's not just going to be words and rhetoric. It's going to be a faith that says, God, there's nothing ever that's too hard for you. The second thing is God's provision is for me. That's his willingness to give. We don't have to bombard heaven and say, God, my faith is up today, so therefore you will. You know, God's even blessed me when my faith was low. Anybody else? God even blessed me when I was tired and weary and worn out. God wants to honor his word. God wants to bless us. He's a generous God because First Chronicles 29 says, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Let me remind you, here's another nugget for the morning. God will never ask me to do anything. He, he will never ask me to be anything. And he will never ask me to give anything that he will not provide. Well, I want you to go and do that. He's going to make a way for you. He goes before you. Well, I, I want you to become that. I want you to be that person. Not just do, but I want you to be. Yep, I will help you get there. Through both my spirit and the word of God, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And I'll never ask you to give anything that I will not provide for you. You can look in your hand and say, I don't have it. And start looking at his hand and say, God, you have everything. You own everything. You see, in God, we see a love that is everlasting. In God, we see a grace that is totally undeserved. In God, we see a salvation that we cannot earn. In God, we see an eternal life that will never die or diminish. In God, we see a righteousness that can never tarnish. In God, we see a peace that passes all understanding. In God, we see a rest that cannot be disturbed. In God, we see a joy that can never be diminished. In God, we see a hope that can never be disappointed. In God, we see a glory that can never be clouded. In God, we see a light that can never be darkened no matter what anyone does. In God, we see a strength that can never be weakened. And that strength is in his hands, willing to give it to you. In God, we see a wisdom that can never be baffled. In God, we see a supply that can never be exhausted. In God, we see a power to fill us and use us for his purposes and for his plans. In God, we see the power of the Holy Spirit to supernaturally provide for us, to allow us to do things and say things we cannot do in our own natural strength. And in God, in God, we have a place or he wants to provide for us through a heart of generosity and use you like never before. And the third thing is God's partnership, and it's with me. 
And this is his reason to give. Not a lot of preachers talk about the partnership we have with God. But I want to talk about it for a few minutes. Because God has decided to partner with us. The body of Christ is still his answer to bring the world to Jesus. That's why he didn't say the the gates of hell will not prevail against organizations. He didn't even say the gates of hell will not prevail against countries. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And guess who the church is? It's you. That God is more powerful than the gates of hell themselves. So God gives so we can give. God fills so we can be poured out. God reconciles so we can have the ministry of reconciliation. God comforts us so we can comfort those with the comfort we have received. God has given us his grace so we can extend that grace to others. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. Start forgiving. Let it go. Let it go. Matthew 28, 20. And Jesus said these words. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to embrace that today. As we get ready to sing again and pray and go our way, I wanted to give you a verse that I believe is God's word for you today. When somebody says, I have a word from the Lord for you, we listen, we judge it. But I have a word from the Lord for you from his word So it's spot on. Deuteronomy 1, 8. It says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave. He'll never forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. It was Jesus who would take this very passage and quote it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So would you hear this in your soul? The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I'm going to read it again. The Lord himself goes before you. Those of you here, those online, he will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. Our God is with you. Our God is for you. The greatest giver of all time. The genius of generosity. God himself. He spoke these words. He spoke them through John. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You want to talk about generosity? For God did not send his son of the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Lord, we're grateful for your generosity. We're grateful that any of us can stop for a moment and just believe on you and who you are, that you died and you rose again from the dead. We will not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you. And Lord, I pray that we would receive this word today, that you go before us, that you are with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. We pray against fear. We pray against discouragement because your word says, do not fear. 
Do not be discouraged. I pray for each one here, everyone watching online, that we would receive your truth today. Because, Lord, you never ask us to do anything, to be anything, to give anything that you don't provide us with. And you would never ask us to not be afraid if you wouldn't take our fear away. You would never ask us to be living in courage and to not be discouraged if you wouldn't provide courage for us. And you do. So in Jesus' name, we receive that today. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for your generosity, Lord. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.